Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Welcome to Screen Talk Emmy Edition. I am Libby Hill, the TV Awards Editor at IndieWire. And in lieu of my traditional host, Ann Thompson, we have a special guest host for today's edition. Special guest, would you like to introduce yourself? No, I'd prefer it if, if you did the introduction. Oh, I couldn't possibly remember all of your titles. Oh, I ben don't Travers. know. I don't really know what they are either. So Indie I was just going to go with the name. But if you don't remember that, we could, I mean, you got it. So we they know me now, right? Ben, I am vaguely aware that you follow the Emmys in some capacity for your work. I get very angry about them often, yes. Tell me why. What, do you, what are you angry about? Uh, still the Pamela Adlon slight. We've covered that pretty thoroughly. Um, but, you know, there's there's... I guess it's time. I don't know if it's time to move on or not, but we are in phase two now. Uh, we are looking specifically at winners. I'm trying to focus my energies on that, but you know, sometimes I still get mad. That's okay. It's okay to feel mad. Okay. It's okay to feel sad. Mm-hmm. It, it is. It doesn't feel like it. It is. It, it's okay. It's okay. okay to feel things. And if our limited series have taught us anything, it's that it's okay to feel things. Like That's the euphoria tagline. That's not an Emmys. Madness. And fear of extinction mm. by radioactive fallout. Yeah. Would you like to discuss the limited series acting nominees with me, Ben? I'd love to. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's lovely. So what, in today's episode, we are talking about the acting categories, I would say, from limited series and movies. But uh, these are just from limited series. Um, because... Movies got blanked. Which is something... It's a problem, too. Another thing to be mad about. But it is we're not going to go there, even though we acknowledge those feelings. Not yet. We're not going to go there yet. Right. But let's kick this off with lead actor in a limited series, which is not a bad category. No. It's, 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 quite, it's, it's quite good category. And more than being a good category, it's a very diverse category, which is something that the Emmys really struggled with this year. That was a problem. Yeah. Not so, as much in the acting categories, thanks to when they see us, but true. Uh, elsewhere, yes. Right, right, right. But it, even more than that, we have diversity in um, in actors, but also diversity in, in projects they're representing. It's not as though we have, you know, three, right. three nominees from when they see us. So who we're looking at here is Hugh Grant for A Very English Scandal, um, which is Amazon co-production, Jared Harris for Chernobyl, uh, Benicio Del Toro for Escape at Danamora, Sam Rockwell for Fosse Burden, yay, Mahershala Ali for True Detective, yay. and Jarrell Jerome for When They See Us. Ben, who's your pick in this category? Um, right now, I, I, I really feel like it's Jarrell Jerome for, for When They See Us. Um, I, I think once he got in, that was a, a huge step for him toward winning, but then the, the sheer momentum behind the cast of that show... Um, I think it's easiest to channel that love toward Gerard Jerome because his character in the series, he was the only person in the series to play his character all the way through. Um, and he got the strongest episode. It was the finale. 
Um, so I think there's a lot of motivating factors for uh, people to kind of get behind him, especially in this uh, category, which, you know, there's there can be love for a, a few other people within it. Um, there's definitely strong contenders, but right now I feel like it's it's Mr. Jerome's to lose. How about you, Libby? I, you know, I think that's a really great argument. Um, I have heard a lot of people saying Jared Harris for Chernobyl. Um, people love Jared Harris. People love Chernobyl. There's nothing wrong with that pick, but I don't know that he has a standout episode in the way that Jerome does. Um, my other thought, my one thought is this. Uh... Mahershala Ali, uh, Mahershala Ali is in this category, and everyone loves Mahershala Ali, and everyone loves giving awards to Mahershala Ali, deservedly, because he is one of the finest actors of his generation. Yes. But also, is there just something compelling Emmy voters to be like, yeah, definitely, give him an Emmy? I don't think so. I, I feel like what you're hinting at is is how I'm feeling, like why I'm feeling he's not necessarily in the driver's seat anymore because it feels almost like very recently we've given him so many awards that it's okay to let this one go by. Right. I also don't feel like there's a surge around the show in the same way as no, when the CS has. Um, so yeah, I think, it's, I think it's okay to let him slide. And the thing about Jared Harris that's a hang-up for me is just the fact that um, he's been in roles before where you feel like he deserved more love than he got. I'm thinking specifically of something like The Crown, where he wasn't nominated for his Ugh. stint in season one, and people really responded to him in that role. He also wasn't nominated for The Terror, but that you know could be because it was just underseen and that showed him too great. But we've seen him kind of get looked over before when he's in a prominent series. So the fact that he's up for Chernobyl is great. And I think maybe, you know, people are finally coming around and going to start seeing more momentum go his way on a regular basis. But there's not enough there right now to trust it. And there's not a a great narrative behind him um, otherwise to kind of look past it. So I don't know how much love there is in the Academy for him specifically. Whereas I think Jerome is somebody they're very happy to discover and shine a light on and be like, this is a great guy we've got to pay attention to. I, I also think that because of, of how just how many acting nominations when they see us get uh, when they see us got, it's going to be it's going to be very tempting as a voter to pick one one actor and be like, this is where I'm supporting the acting this is this is the award I am giving to when they see us. Not undeservedly, but um, this is also the only category where there's only one person from right. when they see us nominated in the category. So Jarrell Jerome won't be splitting votes with anyone else from that series. Yeah, and I don't I don't anticipate a when they see us sweep. Um, I do think it'll do well, um, but I think you're right on the money in saying that that this seems like a category where it'll get the most kind of specific support around somebody both because he's the only one nominated and because of the role he played in the show right right so let's move on to a category that is sure to make both of us sad come emmy night because (laughs) because that's just the way the world works (laughs) yeah so lead actress is absolutely stacked um it has patricia arquette for escape at danamora it has michelle williams for fossey burden it has your girl Amy Adams for Sharp Objects. It has yes. Joey King, like Patricia Arquette's co-star, Joey King for the act. And then it has two nominees from When They See Us, Anjanou Ellis and Nisi Nash. Um, 
I think at this point that the Emmy is still our cats to lose, but that performance was a long time ago. Yeah. In the in in terms of Emmy conversation, not of course as long ago as Amy Adams' performance in Sharp Objects. Uh, ben is hanging his head in sadness and maybe anger. Both, yeah. yeah. I I am so appalled at the lack at the lack of momentum that Sharp Objects has been able to generate, and the lack of honestly respect that the TV Academy has shown it through its nominations phase, and what seems to be a very unlikely scenario in which it would actually win something. Maybe Patricia Clarkson. Here's hoping. I don't know, um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I really feel like this show is going to be looked back on and, and seen as something special that was ignored at the time it came out um, by the Emmys, that is, not by the, the general public who loved it last summer. Um, but yeah, let me lay out this fictional scenario, and you tell me how wrong I am in, terms of, in terms of this read. So I think Michelle Williams is going to win this. Um, one, I, I do think that the people who wanted to support when they see us in this category will split their vote. I think it's like between... Ellison Nash, I, I I don't think there's like a clear, obvious, we have to choose this one over that one kind of scenario. So that's kind of eliminates those two. Um, in terms of Joey King, I don't think she has enough momentum from the act. I think that that did well for um, the kind of show it was for Hulu right now. Um, and I think that kind of this is a, the nomination is your win scenario. Yes. Um, as far as Amy Adams goes, uh, the best of the lot. She gave the best performance. Excuse me? I what was think that? it was incredible, and it's arguably the best thing she's ever done. But, um, again, there's just not enough momentum behind her at this point. I think it's going to be hard for her to make up that difference compared to uh, Williams and Arquette. And then with Arquette, I do feel like because she's in multiple categories, we might see people split hairs and choose one or the other. And I do think they would focus on lead actress over her role in the act and supporting. Um, but the amount of momentum that we've chronicled before uh, across IndieWire for Michelle Williams within the community, as well as the overall uh, nomination count that we've seen from Fosse Verdon, if anything's going to win for Fosse Verdon, I think those fans would want to make sure it was Michelle. And I think that they're going to come out and make sure she gets over the hump. I think that's a very strong argument. I I agree with much of it, especially because it has my personal favorite taking on the Emmy. Michelle Williams was... No, we already talked. Amy Adams is probably going to lose. Uh, uh, Amy Adams was also there. Um, Michelle Williams was transcendent in Fosse Verdon. Um, and amazing. And, and here's the thing. She wants to win this. Michelle Williams is playing to win at yeah. this point. Um, not known as a, as, as a super prevalent on the junket beat. Uh, Michelle Williams is making the rounds and she's giving very thoughtful interviews. She very clearly was moved by this experience and like really loved Fosse Verdon and is willing to go that extra mile. And she delivered an amazing speech at the TCA Awards. She, she did not big time the TCA Awards, which is huge in its own right, and which if Amy Adams had won, she definitely would have big timed us. Strongly disagree. Mm. She would have shown up. No. She would have given it... She would have stayed after and talked to everybody. Yeah? Yeah. You think so? I do. You think so? Yeah. Wow. You have such an elaborate fantasy life. I feel... I know. I'm really happy for you, well, honestly. I mean, it usually comes crashing down when reality sets in, so it's it's extra hard. But well, you know, you have, you have uh, it's fun right your now. dreams to yeah. cling to. Yeah. Uh, 
No, I, I think there is a lot of enthusiasm for Michelle Williams. I think she's pretty much playing the game very well right now. There is that question of Patricia Arquette out there. Um, she is also doing the rounds. But I think looking at the, that supporting actress category, you know, yes, it would be awesome to see Patricia Clarkson win that, jumping ahead a little bit. But if you have a situation where you can have Michelle Williams win one Emmy and Patricia Arquette win another and not have them knock each other out, I can see why that would be appealing. And then you just tell yourself that, oh, if Patricia Arquette wins supporting actress for the act, it's also for Dana Mora. Let me ask you this. Hit me. Um, do the do the Oscars actually factor in here in the sense that, um, again, if Amy had more momentum, I think this could have been a narrative that, that, that would have boosted her in, in some regard, that she's been perennially ignored by the Oscars. Like, she just hasn't won yet, and that seems crazy at this point. Um, but Michelle Williams has not won either. She's right. been nominated four times, and it's insane that she's never won. Is there a chance that people look at it as an opportunity to recognize someone on TV's grandest stage where film has passed over the opportunity time and time again, and we're going to be first? We want to recognize this talent. Patty Arquette has won before. We don't need to do it the same way. Uh, we don't need to give out that recognition. We don't need to hear that speech. Is that a possible thought process that voters might consider? You know, I've thought I have spent a lot of time thinking about that. And I have to say that that that, that, that line of thought really began for me, um, I think probably back with True Detective and and kind of Matthew McConaughey, that idea of, you know, can we right a wrong? Can we award someone that the Oscars either have or have not? Ben's making a face because... Well, it's because he got screwed. It's like, come on. How do you get screwed? I don't Cranston know. Cranston won. Yeah. They've given it to Cranston. We weren't going to see McConaughey come back to this role. How do we not honor him? I, I it ridiculous, right? Again, props to HBO for putting him in the drama series category. That was a <laughs> that was move. a move that they did. <laughs> Love it. Which uh, did not pay off for them. No, even a little bit. But they earned my respect. How much is that worth? Is that worth an Emmy? Uh, I looked into no. it. No. Leo, Leo shook his head really quick. Yeah, let's just, let's go to the tape. No, means nothing. Uh, well, I don't know what they were thinking putting him up against the finale. Wait, not the finale, but... Putting him up against not only Cranston, but... Well, wait. Was the newsroom out yet? No. Yes. It was. Yeah, this category... Heavyweight Jeff Daniels. This category was bananas. Because you have Cranston, Jeff. Daniels, John Hamm, Harrelson... McConaughey and Kevin Spacey in the second season of Netflix's formerly beloved House of Cards. Formerly, well, not by me specifically, yeah, but no, I, by people. Yeah, um, it was bad. They they gambled and they lost. But the thing to realize is that Benedict Cumberbatch won lead actor in a miniseries or a movie for Sherlock. There's no sure thing that McConaughey beats Cumberbatch in Sherlock. You disagree. I I mean, as someone who can't see beyond him losing in the stacked category, it's even harder for me to admit 
then he'd lose in the other one. And yet you raise a good point in the sense that he lost when he should have won already. Why wouldn't we expect that to happen elsewhere? To go back to your original question. Original question. I don't think the Emmys are... Sometimes I don't think the Emmy voters play into game theory as much yeah, as we do. Yeah, um, Me neither, really. But I, I love floating them. I love them. The I theories are great. I they love theories. rarely hold weight, but It keeps us fantastic. in business. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it, it, it pays the bills. But no, I, I mean, I also think, do I think that the average Emmy voter knows that Amy Adams has not yet won an Oscar or that Michelle Williams has not won an Oscar? Like, do you think they look back and they think, Oh yeah, Michelle Williams definitely won an Oscar for Brokeback Mountain. I don't. I don't think they think about it that much. Well, also true. Um, it would be curious. I would love to do like you know everybody's gathered in the room. Raise your hand if you know like who thinks she's won, who thinks she's never won, and just see what people say. Because I think there's probably some awareness of it, but yeah, it doesn't really matter. But if you're asking me, doesn't factor in for this. Would I have written six pieces? about that narrative if Amy Adams was stronger, then yes, I absolutely would have. Great. <laughs> I assume that was your actual question. Also, please vote for Amy Adams. She's great. But question, does it matter that she won a TCA award other than the speech? Well, what I'm going to say to that is I don't know. Let me explain. Um, <laughs> for the uninitiated. No, that's good enough. <laughs> For the uninitiated, uh, TCA awards, they do not, they don't break down by actress in a drama, actor in a drama, actress in a comedy, supporting, whatever. We, everyone just gets lumped together. So it's not that Michelle Williams won actress in a limited series. The fact is that she won outstanding, uh, sorry, I want to get that, individual achievement in drama, um, which means that she's competing not only against men and women in the same category, not only against supporting actors and lead actors in the same category, um, but also drama series and limited series and probably TV movies were we to get to that point. So it's impressive that she won, but also I think that the overlap between TCA voters and Emmy voters is very small. If not zero. Yeah, I, ideally as far as, well, you know, it's, it gets a little sketchy as far as journalistic ethics. But um, also, I think it's, it's, it's fair to, to realize that, you know, limited series becoming the sort of dramatic force that it is, is a relatively new thing. I mean, that... No, you're right. It ha- is. Has been, has been changing. So I'm, I'm going back to the TC Awards, and I'm trying to see if someone in a limited series has, has actually taken won those that, that individual before. award yeah. before. Um, and I'm not seeing it. It's a very, I mean, it's a very difficult thing to do. Um, and it's one of the reasons why, like I think we've talked about before, even at the Emmys, when they merge the limited series and TV movies together, a lot of the times it seems like people struggle to want to recognize someone who's literally just done less work than the other person. Like they're literally just on screen for a shorter amount of time than someone else because... You know, in a fair and just world, Deadwood would have been well covered. Like, it would have had so many nominations. There would have been plenty of representation there because the talent on screen is undeniable. But it's a matter of, like, weighing that against, you know, the the 10 hours of content that somebody else has put forth. And that, you know, for some people, it's a difficult thing to do. Well, 
that doesn't, I, I mean, I think that that's the case in TV movie, but when you're looking at things like limited series and act, quote unquote actual series, so many actual series have such abbreviated seasons now that what the amount of work you're putting into a limited series and the amount you're putting into one season of television, which is what everyone else is competing on, is negligible. I would still argue that because they're ongoing series that people consider beyond the season. They're not necessarily thinking about only the episodes they saw last year, but the entire body of work that they've put out. So if a, a show is up for its third season, they're thinking of all three seasons instead of just necessarily the most recent one. Um, again, there's no real way to prove that, but well, that's stupid and not fair. I agree. But I do see. I, I will say that in. Uh, I will say that in 2016, Sarah Paulson won for. Uh, well, yeah, Crime Story. Yeah. Yeah. For what that's worth. A force to be reckoned with. Yeah, for sure. exactly. She won everything that year. Well, rightly so. Yeah. Where were we, Ben? I don't know. Probably supporting, supporting actor. actor. I don't. I don't. I don't know who's winning this category. I mean, we've got we've got a few options. Yeah. We, so you have Wishaw from A Very English Scandal. Wishaw. Wishaw. Uh, who's very good. Who's lovely. Who's the voice of Paddington. Yes. Which is very important in this conversation. I mean, I will say that if they could have nominated a tweet in this category, which was Hugh Grant retweeting the thing that said, like, fuck Paddington, and he said, I did... I think that tweet would win the yeah. category. So if Wishaw can harness the power of that tweet again, uh, he, he could be a force here. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's some excellent insight. That's that's why we pay you the big bucks for the analysis. <laughs> that's why I'm on that predictions yeah. page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Churning out theories. Killing it, Killing it over seven. at Gold Derby. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård for Chernobyl. Some tough names to, to say I'm quickly. I'm doing here. fine. No, you're doing great. It's I'm just fine. saying it. Paul Dano. Tricky. That one's easier. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Michael K. Williams. <laughs> I jinxed you into oh it. God. Like I, that one is just. Oh my god! What did you do to me? <laughs> you gave me the yips. Oh great! I did it. It was funny. Not only because of what happened, like the sequence of events, but because earlier, Libby said that if. I looked into her eyes, I would be bewitched. And I think that I took that bewitchment and threw it right back at her. <clears throat> this this is, is like when I was little and I would play video games and if my little brother was there watching, I would like, I would freeze up and I would mess up or I wouldn't, I would just screw up and then I would scream at him that he was because he was watching. Yeah. Uh, so that was because you guys were watching me try and read. So <laughs> fuck you both. <laughs> We haven't been here the whole time. I mean, I just... Michael K. Williams, uh, for When They See Us, and and this is the beginning of the When They See Us portion of this category, uh, and it also includes Asante Black and John Leguizamo. All great performances. I don't have a favorite or a front runner in this category, and I don't know if that's short-sighted. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've been under underestimating a very English scandal from the get-go. Like, right. I always thought it would do well at the Globes because it's British and it's very well-received and they're a smaller group and that's kind of the thing they really love to do. It just, it fit. Um, but in terms of the Emmys, I, I didn't expect as many nominations as it got. I did expect Ben to get in, but I don't think he's the front runner, even though he probably should be. I, I 
he's done well over you know the course of this long awards campaign for a show that came out i believe in june uh on amazon like june 2018 so um when I was forced to pick this category on IndieWire's Emmy predictions pages uh, at www.indiewire.com slash Emmys predictions. Actually, that's not true, but just go to IndieWire. Um, I chose Michael K. Williams. Um, again, I don't feel that confident about it, but I do feel like Williams is somebody who's been working very consistently in television um, to the point where people would be a little more eager to honor him than some of the other people within the category. Um, He's been Emmy-nominated multiple times before, so it's something where you could argue, you know, he's due, it's about his time, like, let's make sure it gets out there. And also, I do feel like he has one of the more complex roles within When They See Us. Um, I think Asante Black is also tremendous in that role, especially for a young kid, but it's just, it's tough for young kids to win, especially when they're new to the category and and new-ish at least to uh, just the world of of like the entertainment industry in general Um, so I think that people might latch on to Williams over these other people that being said I do recognize the possibility of vote splitting here Um, Stone Skarsgård could easily pull some votes because you know Chernobyl is just such a beloved presence and he got some great lines and development was also complicated um dano is somebody who you know has a lot of respect within the industry uh, i think his performance almost might be too um i don't want to say plain subtle. but just yeah subtle is a much better word thank you libby um i so, write yeah. for a living yeah and so well and i make sure thank to read you. all of it thank you uh that's so yeah nice that's my theory say. i don't know no i think that's really good Here's my question for you, though. Why is why is English Scandal not in limited series? Why did it not? Why did it miss out? Well, nomination. I I would say time more than anything else, uh, because it's it's a rather short limited series uh, as well as the lengthy campaign it had to go into. Um, that's my rationale for why it didn't quite make the cut there. And that is a great point in terms of, of Wishaw maybe having a little less momentum than some of the other people in this category. Just a, a not as much love for the program as there is for some of the others. But it is just a really tight competition this year. Like, there were just a lot of really good limited series. So the fact that it got edged out, it could be sixth, it could be eighth. Like, we don't really know. So, And and that's the thing. I th- I have to believe that English Scandal was was the one bumped and i think it got bumped by sharp objects you don't think english can you don't think catch 22 was that number six slot what about if i think if anyone from hulu is listening to this they should cover their ears right now and i will say no i don't think catch 22 is in that next spot this is why this is why because a very english scandal took both of sharp objects spots in directing and writing Again, just uh, an inexcusable choice by the TV Academy, and one I will. I do know how much never you, forgive them you for. love the the work of Sean Mark Valet. <laughs> I, I did, he did a good job. <laughs> okay, you did well. Supporting actress, we got this. This is your home stretch. You get to talk about your gal, oh, Patricia Clarkson, Patty, Patty. Choose. The right patty here, people. Yeah, it's tough. There, there, there are two patties right there. <laughs> okay, so Emily Watson from Chernobyl's here, as is Leftovers alum, Margaret Qualley 
from Fosse Verdon. It does, uh, does strain my allegiances yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's a tough one. She's She turns in a great performance as Anne Reinking. And then you have Patty Clarkson for Sharp Objects, Patty Arquette for the act, and then two actresses from When They See Us, Marsha Stephanie Blake and Vera Farmiga. Vera Farmiga, I think, walks away with this trophy because she was robbed for so many seasons of Bates Motel. She was nominated once. Yeah. Twice? Once. 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 First season? Yes, yeah. I think. Yeah. I'm joking. She probably, this is another, your nomination is your win. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to talk about Bates Motel, because what a weird and strangely good show. Yeah. Uh, so who, do, who, in your heart of hearts, no, not heart, in your gut of guts, <laughs> in your gut of guts, what does this, how does this category shake out? Well... I agree with your assessment of Farmiga, but also because I feel like the character bias would play effect here. She wasn't a likable character, yeah. and thus people aren't going to want to support that, which no. is a weird way, again, to go about voting, but I just feel like it happens more than it doesn't. Um, Marsha, Stephanie, Blake, also just kind of congratulations you're in the category the recognition is your win yes i uh, just again don't think she has enough recognition uh outside of the nomination to to compete with some of the other people here um i think it would be crazy cool if emily watson snuck away with this and i think she could i think emily watson yeah. is somebody who is um pretty well respected uh within the tv world within the industry at large but also you know chernobyl was just such a an engrossing show from start to finish. And I feel like maybe with all the attention that's been focused on, you know, the lead and Jared Harris and that storyline that, you know, how her story and her character were built into it maybe didn't get quite enough attention. And then HBO can capitalize on that during the phase two campaign. Um, Again, I'm reaching at straws here because it does really feel like this is a Patty versus Patty showdown. Um, I, I think that the idea that you referenced earlier and that people might think, well, we can give it to Williams in the lead actress, and that's because I feel fine voting for Patty in supporting. I don't think that's how it's going to shake out just because I don't think they're as passionate about her role in the act as they are her role in Escape at Datamora. Again, I'm still predicting Michelle's going to win in lead actress, so I, I'm not saying that like that's not the case. But I, I just think that... But Trish Clarkson's too good. She's too good to lose. Too big to fail. Yeah, like, I mean, what? Uh, that's never... Never gone wrong. Never no. been disproven. No. But also, I mean, she actually won the Globe. Like, she actually stood up in that competition and pulled down the trophy. Uh, she was nominated in at the SAGs, I believe, in the, like, in competition with... People she's normally not. I'll double check that. But I, I don't I, understand what any of those words mean. She's got momentum. She's got fire behind her. And I'm going to yell it from the rooftops here in Hollywood until people vote in this one category that I feel sure about is going to win. So, Libby, tell me why I'm wrong. I don't know if you're wrong. I, I feel like this this is a confusing category. Um I want to say Arquette's the front runner just because it feels like Arquette's always the front runner, but her performance in the act, I mean, her performance in the act is great. Um, that is another character that I think 
I think the problem there is, again, what you talked about for Vera Farmiga, that character is hard to award. It, it is not a good person. It's not, a, it's not someone they feel passionate about or a ton of empathy for. Um, she, the character is very irritating. The character is very grating. And, um, and, and yeah, so that could, that could befall her there too. But the same could be said of Patricia Clarkson. I think it's very curious that the, th the two frontrunners in this category have kind of similar character traits. Yeah, but you kind of love to hate Patricia Clarkson's yeah, yeah, character. Yeah. And in the end, she was somewhat exonerated in a way. So there's that. And what I was trying to say before with the SAGs was that she was nominated. Like, because the SAGs don't nominate supporting categories in uh, limited series or TV movies, she was nominated against Patricia Arquette, but in Escape at Dannemora. So she was nominated against P Patty Arquette and Amy Adams' lead roles that are being duked out right now uh, instead of, and, and, and she made it in there as a supporting player. So I think that shows a lot of support for her specifically, even if that was six months ago. Um, so I'm hoping that, the, the again, the overlap between SAG branches and TV Academy branches will kick her up a notch. Does that prove that she was, that she has great support, or does that prove that she has great support in the face of a vote split? What would be the vote split? Wait, didn't you say she was up against Amy Adams and... She was, but she... Arquette? Right. Who would typically be thought of as the frontrunners in that category? They were. Arquette won. Oh. I'm just saying oh, that she, she, was she was nominated as a supporting player in a, in a category that's typically dominated by leads. So that that's kind of stupid. momentum uh, is, I think... <laughs> I think notable. I think uh, it is. It is. It's a great telling. And and she's definitely gonna win. If she wins, I'll be happy for a moment and then angry the next. Happiness is so fleeting. It really is. On that note, it's been another fine podcast. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Ben. I do hope you will come back and visit us at some point. I highly doubt I will be invited, uh, but That's I true. really do appreciate being here. It was very fun, and um, you know, it's so important that I was here for the sharp objects discussion because nobody else is talking about it. That's so true. No one else is talking about sharp objects. And on that note, <laughs> tune in next week. Ann Thompson <laughs> will be back. And she and I will be discussing the nominees for comedy writing and directing. It'll be a good one. Thanks so much. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.